This week on Zen and Not Zen, Pro Time Edition. Yeah. Nothing matters. Gen Z fucking gets it, man. I saw a TikTok video that said that. It was like, hey, it was a millennial saying, hey, Gen Z, I see you wanted to skirt work with getting face tattoos. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm open-minded. Yeah. Come and apply. Yes. I don't care what you have tattooed on your face. Yes. Have a fucking cross. Have a fuck you. I don't yeah. give a damn. Yeah. I'll give you a job. Yeah. Come on and apply. Times are changing, motherfucker. So guess good. what? Pro time. Pro and then uh, being in Chelan during uh, wintertime, I mean, it's just something special about it. You know, oh, the, I was the there. Beauty I was there, there like last year around that time. Nice. I yeah, we did st- Winterfest. I don't know if you that yeah, was I didn't, going on. I, I, I wasn't there for any of that. I was staying in a rondo, but I fucked around in Chelan like 20 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. That was gorgeous. We had a little uh, lake house, Aww. played games. You know, I was the troop leader. Yeah. Uh, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to fucking be there in the summertime. It'd just be packed. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah we've fucking... we've gone a couple times this summertime, and it's just I mean it's hot. If you don't have Boats. somewhere to like no, somewhere it's, dialed in, like, yeah, you, yeah, you got to make sure that it's not camping. Out. Yeah, weather. Mon and I tried to like I think it was our second anniversary. Uh, we didn't have anything planned. So we just woke up in the morning. And we're like, let's go Chelan. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, and our anniversary is in August. And, uh, and so we, yeah, right. Ooh. So we drove to Chelan and she's like looking at shit on the, the phone on the way there, trying to find spaces. Like, there's no camping spots, there's Mm-mm. no like hotels available. We finally found this hotel. Uh, it was like a Best Western or something, like some like terrible hotel. And, uh, and, uh, all they had available was a honeymoon suite. Oh. So we paid like, it was like, fuck it, whatever. So we paid like 300 bucks a night or something. Terrible little honeymoon suite, but. They Heart had a shaped bathtub. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. They had a they had a hot tub in the bedroom or in the living room. Oh, I love and that so shit. So we uh, we Cheesy. sat in the hot tub and watched uh, binge watched Golden Girls episodes, yes. drinking champagne. That was great. Yes. I got out after like half an hour, forty five minutes. I'm like, all right, now I love water. I love yeah. The, the hot tubs, um, but I'm, I'm tapped out. Man, Mom was in there for like fucking four hours. Like <laughs> She's eight a mermaid. Golden, Golden Girls episodes. I'm oh like, you've God. got to get out of there. Like, there's no more. You've got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Your body's screaming for moisture. The hot tub in the living room at a Best yeah. Western in Chelan. Yeah, it was pretty dope. But, you know, it was, uh, for me, I mean, so we're talking about our topic today is regret. Yeah. Uh, regret. 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 Uh, for me, um, regret is a lot of the things that I no like right now regret so regret i think has been defined differently over the years for me but right now regret for me is me not participating in things i know that i can because Mm -hmm. of some bullshit story that i've told myself Mm -hmm. and so going into this weekend something i've been battling a lot recently is is uh uh, social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm. I uh, now that I'm out of the restaurant industry, I'm I'm an introverted person. Yeah, like I, I, I yeah you're not that. having to get out of that box anymore. Right, yeah. you know, no. and, I, and I love you know I love podcasting. I love holding space. I love talking to groups. I love all that stuff. But I also know now that I really appreciate my alone time mm-hmm. and how I can dial into that. And uh, so this was the first opportunity for me to be around a lot of people, um, but uh, and 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 be uh, aware of how I showed up with that. So yeah. I wouldn't have regret. Right. And, uh, and it was great. You know, I was able to be honest with Mon about like, you know, I need, so I need to, I need to excuse myself by say 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night because mm-hmm. one, I'm not drinking and you guys are. So there's an energy level that I just can't keep matching. Yeah. yeah. I can't keep uh, up with it after yeah. Like 10 yeah. o'clock. But I just, I, I know now like my, my energy level starts to drop and I just become a puddle. Mm-hmm. And so for me to show up the way I want to show up, I need to excuse myself so I can then show up the next day. Right. You know, and on top of that, you know, I have my meditations throughout the day that I like to have. And so I was able to like be honest with her and excuse myself in those moments and say, Hey, I got to go take 10 minutes and just reset. 
that, yeah. you know, and not be chastised and not feel, not feel like I'm missing out on something. Feeling bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can after you do a keg stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So that was great. You know, it was a cool opportunity for me to kind of dial into that awesome. because, you know, when we, when you brought this up, uh, regret is something that, that. I don't think we realize how much it plagues us mm-hmm. until we really kind of sit down and listen to the way we talk to ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, regret links to a lot of depression because mm-hmm. it's that stuff that we've done in the past yeah. that we're not proud of. And so we keep thinking about that situation. And for some reason, we keep thinking we're that person that was that situation. Yeah. And that situation defines us in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. Yeah. And I think like regret is such a it's one of the most useless of emotions because it, like you said, it, it lives only in the past and it is something that it's, it's not an emotion that helps you learn from it. It's all about like just making yourself feel bad. Like I feel like regret doesn't teach you anything. It just makes you feel bad. Right. Like, yeah, there, like, like there are things ears in my early 20s, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you just like it's it's just about replaying, like you said, like that old story of where you were at that moment right. and wishing things were different. But it's the regret emotion itself doesn't do anything to help you grow or change. Right. But so many of us live in that emotion and it's yeah. just useless and it feels terrible right i think it you know i think it has the ability to show us but for some reason we i don't want to say we like the feeling but i think you know okay so our our brain is pattern right Mm -hmm. our brain loves patterns and maybe there's something in our pattern making machine that wants us to stay in that zone for a while yeah you know and i don't know why it is but to your point like yeah we we find ourselves like buried in regret yeah you know but but regret itself like you know, I was thinking a lot about this because, you know, I, I, I want to say I don't have any regrets in life because mm-hmm. I've learned from a lot of my mistakes. Yeah. Hopefully all of them. But I would say the regret I have isn't really revolved around me anymore, but it's revolved around the people that I might have hurt. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but even but even like situations looking at that, like, because, you know, my meditation mentor, Tang, talks a lot about this stuff. It's like, we, let's take honesty, for example, like, let's say I, I have an opinion, or I have an honest thing to share with you, Kinsey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, um, I saw something happening with a friend of yours. And uh, I think you should know about it. Yeah. Right? This friend was wronging you in some kind of way. Well, so I have the ability to say, hey, this is the thing that happened neutral, just information out there. But I can also say that, oh, man, it's going to really hurt Kinsey when she hears this. Mm-hmm. So maybe she shouldn't know about this. And maybe I should just pretend like I didn't hear that. Yeah. So that's basically me saying you're not emotionally stable enough to handle the information I'm about to tell you. What did they say about me? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Robin said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that. Yeah. Uh, look you straight in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, we're shortchanging the other person yeah. because we don't think they're emotionally stable right. or ready or available yeah. or whatever it is to accept the information coming in. You know, so that's, you know, there's, there's a big part of that, you know, where it's, I, other people play such a huge role. They in do. That, and, yeah. and they, they, in, in, your head in a anyway. weird way. Yeah. And this is, this is a weird esoteric kind of idea, but in a weird way, like all of that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was no averting what just <laughs> happened. Right. It happened because it was supposed to happen. And now that it's happened, 
everybody has a learning opportunity. Right. Right. I have a learning opportunity because I said something I shouldn't have said or I shared something I shouldn't have shared, whatever it yeah. is. Right. But that person that might have been hurt by the thing I shared, uh, whether it was because of me or somebody else, that is their learning opportunity right, right. there. Right. And so if we don't give people these opportunities, then we never really understand how we're constructed and how we're made. And yeah. to be fair, the opportunity, if it doesn't come from you, it's going to come from somebody else. Right. It's going to keep cycling until it right. hits. Yeah. So I think we need, like, we need to have these opportunities to look at ourselves and to say, like, fuck, man, like, don't want to do that again. Yeah. But the regret and the shame. I think yeah. shame is that thing that, shame. that follows with shame. It, you know? shame. Well, it, it, if regret is used as a jumping off point what into something else, yeah, the, then uh, then I agree. But what we get trapped in is that regret shame spiral right. where we don't use it as a jumping off point. We use it as a bed right. and we just lay in you it. Lay you in know, it. Yeah. love it. There's yeah. something comforting about well, it. Well, and I think for someone who, you know, struggles with depression, like it is a it is my way to punish myself over and over again and that if that is the only thing that i know i can do to make something right that i feel is wrong right. it's like i can't change the situation i can't change how this person feels i can't change all that stuff but i can make myself feel terrible about it and that that at least is something right. and like yeah. it's you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of rationalization. Well, it, yeah. You know, when I when I think of like regrets that I have, and it's not without getting into without getting into too much detail. It's like a lot of times it's also still completely how I frame it, mm-hmm. and like so like yeah, this is still my take on how this particular thing went down. Yes, which whether or not that's Your true or not, it's still right. just this is my take on it. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting years and years removed from it. Yeah. Right. And it you only know? gets worse. Yeah, like, no I mean, shit. the shit that you think about, even if it was 10 years ago, it's like nothing has changed you know, in your brain space. About especially if you think of like, you know, and a lot of times it has, you know, a, you know, a negative connotation, but if you think of like the good things that you passed up on, you're like, oh, I regret not doing X, Y, or Z. Right. That good thing, whatever it is, gets built up into the biggest thing like oh i should have bought stock it's like yeah some guys like yeah buy microsoft in 85 and i was there on the switch and i said no yeah Yeah. you know it's it's funny how you know and that's still the narrative that you tell yourself yeah and you don't know how that would have panned out and it could have been worse like your you know fable that you right yeah exactly like you know like it's we make it worse and we also make the thing that we didn't take advantage of better and we don't know the outcome of either of them we right. just stew in that emotion of yeah we'll see uh, yeah look at yeah. that yeah we'll yeah. see <laughs> well i think you know with regret too it's like it's it regret regret it's uh so many it, tattoos <laughs> so many tattoos <laughs> actually i have one tattoo i regret not well, regret. No, no, I don't. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have anything misspelled. Actually, okay, no. There was a when I got my uh, when I got Peyton's name tattooed on my arm. Uh, it was my like third or fourth non-conventional tattoo. spelling, right? P a y e t o n. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. and so I like fucking know how to spell my kid's name. Yeah, right. And, you know, I, I double checked, made sure. You know, I double checked. Ah, you know, you never know, right? Yeah, you know. And uh, and so I go in, and it was a it was a guy I've only been tattooed by once. I think his name is Chris. It worked a slave to the needle back in the day. Uh-huh. So go in and I say, hey, this is what I want. Flowers, name, yada, yada. He's like, cool. All right, how do you spell your kid's name? I'm like, cool. Here you go. P-A-Y-E-T-O-N. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. He goes, are you sure? 
you don't know how many times people misspell shit. And I'm like, well, fuck, now I don't know. So I try calling Sydney, my fiance yeah. at the time, and I'm like, hey. And then she wouldn't answer. So I called my mom, and I'm like, mm, just a stupid question. Can you spell Peyton's name? And she's like, literally, I could hear the pause and the sigh of like, what in the fuck is going on? And then she told me, and then later on, I'm like, cool, thanks. And I got to go. And I told her later why. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like, fuck, man, people misspell shit all yeah. the time. Yeah, so funny. I thought about sure? getting regurts, spelled regurts, yeah, just because bad. like you do that. nothing matters, and yeah. like you, you can learn from your work. Like, I just thought, like, if I purposely do it, that would be kind of funny for we'll, me. Well, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm. We've talked about this one before, but like, I don't have any tattoos and yeah. stuff, and I was, you know, a product of whatever. I was like, oh, I got a kid, have any visible tattoos? I'm gonna be a successful businessman. Right. Well, that's already fucking out the window now. As I turn 39 in like, uh-huh. like a couple weeks, but like yeah. it's. Like, like, you know, uh, yeah, it's like, who fucking cares? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably I wouldn't recommend getting fuck you on the forehead. Right. But, like, there's a couple things you could, you know. Did you see that guy do the hot dog and a cross on his forehead? Oh, no. So he's, he had hot going one way and dog going the other way and the O yeah. was shared and it was in a cross shape and he got it right on, the, right on his dome. Wow. And I was like... Nothing wow. fucking matters. <laughs> yeah. Nothing matters. Gen Z fucking gets it, man. I saw a TikTok video that said that. It was like, hey, it was a millennial saying, hey, Gen Z, I see you wanted to skirt work with getting face tattoos. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm open-minded. Yeah. Come and apply. Yes. I don't care what you have tattooed on your face. Yes. Have a fucking cross. Have a fuck you. I don't yeah. give a damn. Yeah. I'll give you a job. Yeah. Come on and apply. Times are changing, motherfucker. Guess what? Well, yeah, it's funny because the, the face tattoo is, it, it's... For me, and you know, I'm around a decent enough ink, yeah. but it's it's a tough one. There's one guy it's in my work right now me. who is littered with face tattoos. Yeah, and he works in the kitchen, and yeah. he's got one of his eyelids, forehead, cheek, like yeah. it, every yeah. inch of his face is covered in face mm. tattoos. And he's the happiest dude I've ever oh, met. Oh yeah, my, my he's da- the most free individual. My dad has this like yeah. landscape or whatever. He's got like a bunch of face. He's like, oh, he's the nicest guy, but yeah, he his is. his face tattoo is really distracting <laughs> and kind of scary. <laughs> He's just the most free soul I've ever met. He's always in a good the mood. The face tattoo. Well, you know, you kind of forget that they're there after a while. Yeah, you know? totally. Like you just, I forget mine you know? are there all the time. But I think that, you know, there's a certain amount of confidence in like, like, fuck itness yes, to do that. I respect and, it. Yeah. I respect a face, especially if it's one of your first ones. I'll see people with no Especially arm tattoos. Yeah. Oh, so she, you have first, first, should I get a couple tears? With the should fucking I get a couple forehead. tears over my left eye? My, uh, Respect. So my tattoo artist calls that hoodie heart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where you get tattoos that you can see outside of your hoodie, but <laughs> yes. you don't have any other tattoos. Yes. It's like, yeah, your hoodie heart. Yes. Uh, I'm actually going to get my hands tattooed tomorrow. Yes. Fuck. I can't wait to see what really they look excited. like. That's going to feel so, so good. Yeah. I'm excited. You know, it does actually. There, I mean, okay. No. All tattoos hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that tells you they don't, maybe just has a weird different pain tolerance. But they all hurt in their own, yeah. right? Some worse than others. But there is a sense where you settle into what's happening. Yeah. And your endorphins kick in. You just yeah, succumb to it. And yeah. you're just really... Like, I've fallen asleep during tattoos before. I have too. Like, it's, yeah. it's there's something therapeutic. When I got my back tattooed, it was like getting acupuncture for five hours. Yeah. You just got to remove yourself from yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you focus on every time Disassociate. the needle goes in and comes out of your body, you're going to go fucking bonkers. Yeah. But if you, yeah, if you like... Especially now with social media, like, just scroll on your fucking Facebook feed. Or, mm-hmm. like, take a nap. Do something. Yeah. Talk it to the person. Yeah, talk, I have, uh, talk it to the person. Talk to the person. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, I have a hard time talking to my tattoo artist when I'm getting tattooed because I know they try to do it to distract me, but I was like, it keeps me more present in the moment of pain if I am having the wherewithal to like talk to you. But if I can zone out, that okay. that's easier for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, unrelated to what you're saying, but did you know that like if you uh, go to the dentist, they uh, they write the shit you 
tell them down on your charts so when they come in they have shit to talk to you about it makes sense huh. it makes perfect fucking sense because huh. your do- your dentist you see at most if you got you're on top of your shit twice yeah. a year right so that guy who's doing that final checkup or some shit yes. he's reviewing the chart he's like oh Kinsey yeah. fucking egg. <laughs> Splintered one. Right. Yeah. How's work going at a red hook? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that blew my mind. A dental dental hygienist or a dental assistant told me that. Yeah, yeah. it keeps it personal. Makes fucking Gotta sense. Gotta write it down. Yeah, yeah it make, yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, so I don't nice. remember if I shared this before, but um, last, uh, I think it was October, maybe September, I did. I went to Sacramento and did some uh, shamanic work with, uh, yeah, with yeah. my mentor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the things that we did, uh, so I have a lot of regret about myself, right? Yeah. I think we all do in our own rights, and but that's something that leads to those stories I was talking about earlier. So, you know, regrets that I have are, you know, not being present with my family, um, some stuff with my relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, just things like that, right? Yeah. And, um, but it's all work that I've been doing stuff around. I'm very aware of the stories. I'm very aware of, like, how I feel about them and all this shit. But there's something that just kind of holds on to it. And, uh, and I was sitting in the medicine wheel, and so we created this medicine wheel out behind the cabin we were at, and we, you know, prayed in there and, and all the fun stuff. And and I, but I was out there one evening by myself, and I sat in the medicine wheel, and I had this really just strong meditation about basically the stories. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, just fucking leave it alone. Yeah. Like I remember one of the last things my mom told me, not maybe the last things, but one of the things I told me, I remember before my mom passed away, uh, was you know I was talking to her about Peyton, my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, and she was. The, the brunt of my neglect, in my yeah. opinion. She was old enough to understand what was not being given to her. Yeah. Um, she was old. She was five whenever we, we split. So there's yeah. a lot of understanding that she had. But I've also done a lot of work with Peyton. And you know, now I understand that Peyton's just on her own path and it doesn't yeah. really have to deal with me. Right. But part of that realization came from my mom looking me in the eye and says, get the fuck over it. Yeah. Get the fuck over it. Yeah. Take yourself out of this. This yep. isn't about you. You've right. done your fucking, you've done what you've done. You've, you've, re- you've made your retributions. Yeah. Get the fuck over it. And even uh, if you had, quote, done, like, people like my parents. you need the moms to just have that Yeah, too. bitch slap of truth. Like, even if you do everything, quote, right, even those people have regrets about the things that they 100%. did. So it's not, it's almost never about the situation itself. Because, I mean, my parents did a lot of things right but right. there's still regrets that they have of you yeah. know what what oh, things yeah. that we lacked were growing up and right. that's you know a cycle and like i even with you know my grandma not being well right now like i'm extremely close with her but i automatically had that sense of it wasn't enough like right. i should right. have done more i should have yeah. made more priority to go see her i should have called her more i should have you know like yeah, shit all over yourself yeah, exactly and yeah. i sat down with my aunt i was just crying at the kitchen table and i was like i just should i just should have done this and she's like you don't do that don't even start don't doing that because nothing good yourself. will come yeah. from this yeah. at yeah. all and uh, it doesn't help with what's going on right now like right now you're here right now you're exactly. you know and so i feel like i'm maybe trying to make up for shortcoming and then there's people in my family who haven't seen my grandmother in 10 plus years and that drop by for a half hour and just check on her and i'm there for weeks on end or whatever and right. it's and they're at peace with their relationship their and, and yeah, so totally. it's it's not about the situation it's how you frame it in your own mind right yeah Yeah. and what's good for you exactly yeah so i was in that meditation and i and i was you know thinking a lot about this stuff because it's my my focus right now for the past couple years has been to just remove the stories like i'm now aware of them i hear them Mm -hmm. and in a way it's more frustrating now because i hear them and i and i still 
watch myself follow the path. Yeah. I have to watch myself consciously take that step in yeah. towards something I'm going to regret. Because, but you're outside of yourself and when I'm you're like, doing no, it. I'm like, yeah. no, don't do it. I'm like watching my own movie. I'm like, fuck yes. dude, there's somebody behind that door. Don't yeah. fucking open the door. Don't <laughs> yes. say that. For, oh, you went there. God fuck, damn you it. You went there, you know. Let's get to the cemetery. And uh, and so, you know, I'm aware of this shit. So I'm like having this meditation. It got really hot. It was cold night. I got really hot. I think I started crying a little bit. But it was really mm-hmm. moving, right? Yeah. So I finish up and uh, and I was just kind of like in this daze. And so I exited the wheel and I I needed to ground myself. So I sat outside the wheel and I grounded myself. I sat in another meditation and uh, and I heard this mantra in my head <clears throat> and it was more or less, um, we live today with the lessons of yesterday. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. and what that meant to me was that, you know, like there's so much that I've learned about myself, about what I don't want to do and how I don't want to show up from those situations. And yeah. I had to learn those. I yeah. had to live that person. Yep. Just like I had to deal drugs back in the day and yep. I had to do that stupid shit. Right. Yep. But there's a lesson that was learned about that. And I know I learned it on an intrinsic level, like on a gnosis level. I know I fucking learned it. But my head still keeps going. My conscious, my my no, my ego keeps going back to the memories because it wants to know why right. I've learned that lesson. Right. And so finally, my consciousness stepped in and was like, "Hey, take the lessons with you, but leave the fucking memories. Right. The memories serve you no purpose anymore. Yeah, exactly. You don't need, you need to the remember stories. That. Yeah. yeah. I was that was going to be the next thing is after a certain point, it's like, well, okay, what is the point of me? You know, yeah, mm-hmm. kicking myself in the dick metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's like. There's a there's a show that I watched. Uh, it's called Lock and Key. It's really oh, I love of, Lock oh, and Key. Great, yeah. Right? So there's a there's an episode. Uh, so the mom was an ex alcoholic, and they uh, they have keys that they can go into certain places, magic stuff. And yeah, there's one key that they have where they can go inside their head and see their memories and all this shit. And so she went inside her head, and she's sober now. She's been sober for a little while. She went inside her head and watched a memory of her in her alcoholic state, kind of being dismissive to her son, mm-hmm. and. And she got really sad about that yeah. and then started going back and was like, well, how many other times was I dismissive to my family? Right. And then she started going into her head and seeing all these memories of this and this and this and all the time she was not present mm-hmm. and absent and hung over and drunk. And her daughter found out what she was doing and she said, you found a way to relapse without even fucking drinking. I was literally just going to say that. Like you know? you're living by going back to see how you weren't present right. is keeping you from your now present. Yeah. Like you are now living, reliving and right. relapsing. And yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I think there's, you know, for me, there's what I found out is that, and we've kind of talked about this with like the burdens in the past. We've talked about that or like stepping into our authenticity, you know. But I think for me, what I found out what I'm realizing about myself and in, in this, it's hard to say this without sounding egotistical, but there's no ego involved with it because it's every single human being. But I, what I found out about myself is I'm afraid to step into my full power. Yeah. I'm afraid to step into my full authenticity and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, this is what I do. This is why I'm doing it. And I'm fucking happy about it. Yeah. And I'm good. But I think when all of us have the ability to, to be that person. Yeah. But I think for me, like, I now realize that I'm not. Yeah. And there's something really just disturbing about that to me on a soul level of, mm-hmm. like, my my body's just like, you can do so much more. Yeah. And not more is, like, get more money or wealth or fame or notoriety, but just more with you. Yeah. You can be more. You could be, you can be more, you. more. Right. Yeah. You could let go of this regret. You can yeah. let go of this, this depression, the sadness, and you yeah. can just be. Yeah. Right? like fuck man no that is a thousand percent my biggest struggle as well like it's it's like you know i think i've talked about it on other episodes of just like 
I don't know how to be, or I've been this way for so long that the alternative seems almost scarier because I don't know what it would be like to step into my full self Mm -hmm. and be that as much as possible. And it's like, what is it in me that is keeping me from doing that? Because it seems like it should just be a flip of a switch. Like, oh, I can just let this go or, oh, I can just like, that change is terrifying Mm -hmm. it is and it's crazy because it's not like it's uh the consequences are only good you know and so why does that terrify us so much right you know i i don't there's a i heard this the other day there's a guy that said um we'll take this podcast for example like the way we talk to ourselves rather than the way we allow others to talk to us yeah so let's say you know i wanted to start this podcast and i was like yeah this is an idea and i'm like ah, fucking there's no no way it'll happen you know to get you too involved yeah. and to t- have shit to talk about it's like right. fuck it'll never happen i could talk myself out of that mm-hmm. right well, we but did if that i had for a couple of years yeah but if but you know if i was walking down the street and i was like hey i'm gonna start a podcast and some dude was like fuck you you're never gonna do that you're a piece of shit you ain't got shit to talk about who's gonna listen to your podcast be yeah like, fuck you i'm gonna start it today right exactly you know so but we can listen to like we can get that like energy from somebody else and be like no i'm gonna prove you wrong Mm -hmm. it's so hard for us to do that for ourselves yeah because like what's in my mind is true but what's in other people's (laughs) minds isn't so i know the truth that stranger to fuck off and then spending like six months of your life to spite (laughs) someone you're never gonna see yeah Was you, that was that great Kirby enthusiasm with the spite stores. Yes, 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 yes. It was the same same fucking idea though. It's totally true. Well, that's how I started playing saxophone. Is because my third grade music teacher told me that girls don't play saxophone. But oh. I could have talked myself out of it and been like, girls don't play saxophone. And oh yeah, okay, I'll start another instrument or whatever. But because someone else uh, told me I couldn't, I was like, fuck you, I'm gonna do that. You don't know me. No, yeah. But it didn't originate from inside my own brain. You know, I, I'm I'm not saying it's to be disparaging, but <laughs> I do not know of any female famous female saxophonist. I know. Uh, I don't know the name, but there was a female Kenny saxophonist G. that played for a Prince. That was bad. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I know. I know. Yeah. I know they exist. Yes. Yeah. Probably multi. But there is no Kenny G equivalent. I would say she was. was <laughs> yeah. Most people in Prince's band were. There, there is no Kenny G equivalent for Kenny a female and, sax, uh, like household fuck, name type thing. One. I had another Dave Cos. Dave Cos. Dave oh, Cos. Dave Cos played a Red Hood. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dave Cos. His rider was bullshit. Yeah, his rider was total bullshit. Dave Cos. Dave Cos. Fiji bottled water and like his tuna God, why didn't we keep that? Oh my God. Fuck! Out of like I all the Dave out of all the regrets I have, in yeah, life, that's up that's top. That's one of them is not having a photocopy of that fucking rider. <laughs> Dave Cos played there. I'm like, oh dude, you are way overstating your importance. hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Sorry, oh, throwing barbs at Dave. Yeah. Guys, if we get if we get notoriety because I'm talking shit <laughs> about a Goss. new age artist, be awesome. I'll Traction. let you know if those emails come. You guys up. can just ride the co- yeah. You yeah. Just yes. Like, <laughs> The, the phone lines are lighting up. Complaints. Hey, you know what? I haven't had to put out a fire in a while. You know that? Yeah. That'd be kind of Dave fun. Cos. I'll manage the Dave Cause. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> cause Cos you can wrap your head around. You know, it's funny too. Like the just talking about his ridiculous writer and thinking that he's you know hot shit. It's like we should do that more though. 
That being said, for ourselves, I named like, two saxophone players. You that did just, like, started it all. You named more like, than me. I, I named I named one. Well, I mean, Kenny G's like the Mount Rushmore. He is. Yeah, He's yeah, our right Mount Everest. What's, yeah. the, uh, what's the Dave Matthews Band guys? Uh, he passed away recently. Oh, oh and that guy yeah. was a big deal too. Um, yeah. Gosh, what was his didn't name? he play like the clarinet and shit too? Well, I mean, well, they're interchangeable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you another one. Uh, Scarrick. Uh, so, Skerrick, yeah. Skerrick, yeah. Yeah, so that's one of our buddies. Yeah, boyfriends. I've seen Skerrick, yes. Yeah, yeah, he actually just played with Dave Matthews. I was just going to yeah. say, your buddy just, uh, Leroy Moore? Yeah, Leroy. Yep, yeah. yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, Skerrick and actually, so Eric and Monica did a sound bath together uh, a while ago, a couple years ago, where, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Skerrick provided the, the sound, like really weird, eerie yeah, he saxophone kind of shit. Yeah. He's got like a berry sax. Yeah. And, yep. yeah. and then Mon did a, um, a yin class over top Ooh. of it. It was really dope. But I've been—I I was actually uh, talking to Scare a couple months ago about doing a, a combined sound bath where I would do the bowls, what I do, mm-hmm. and then he would overcompany, you know, yes. accompany with the the sax. Shit. Is Curtis Buggin still a band? They're not still playing anymore. I don't know. I don't know. He's got he's, a few. He's bands. got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's got I a few. Years things. ago, I saw Scarek syncopated Taint Septet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So it was a septet, Ooh. which is—I don't know how many that is. He's—I think that's uh, still going. Seven. Seven? Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, I think seven, seven yeah. yeah. I think that's still going because I've seen stuff on Facebook recently about that. Yeah. I also just reconnected since we're talking about jazz musicians. I, t- I reconnected with this um, good friend of mine named Ponder uh, down in Austin. He's a, a jazz musician. He's uh, He was in our band joint effort back in the day. He kind of uh, filled in here and there yeah, with yeah. keys and sax and shit like that. But um, but I just reconnected with him uh, through social media. But he's a uh, he's a band teacher in Austin. Oh, for, nice. uh, like high school, and he teaches uh, the jazz band. But he teaches them like funk. So he'll like yes. have them do like James Brown or Parliament, yes. like Sonic cool shit. Oh yeah. yes, it's really great. Like oh, I, I mean, I I I quit the band in like sixth or seventh grade. I don't remember which grade it was, and I wasn't mm-hmm. a big fan of it because I think it, you had to do it in fifth grade. Yeah, my, my yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah. So I mm. played trumpet, and I, that that carried over into sixth or seventh. And oh, I'm interesting. Like, Man, fuck trumpet. Band. Yeah, that tracks fuck, for you. F- yeah, that yeah, that does. That tracks. <laughs> You're yeah. a trumpet player for sure. Uh, but. Uh, got sick of carrying the case and shit. But yeah, that, tell me about but, it. But that's the other thing is, um, thinking about this, our set list, we couldn't handle it anyway, but it sucked. I mean, we weren't <laughs> fucking doing the big payback. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a fucking buddy down in Austin <laughs> doing some shitty ass stuff. Doing yeah. like paint your wagon or whatever. It right, probably exactly. wasn't that. But yeah, it was yeah, yeah. That. But stupid, yeah. I never, I was never in band growing up. I, uh, Started playing guitar when I was like thirteen, and then got into a band uh, when I was like seventeen or something like that. So that was that wasn't part of the curriculum down in. Uh... No, no, uh, our curriculum was football. Yeah, sports. Texas high school football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you played football or sport, or you did like ROTC. Yeah. Uh, for me, I did sports until uh, my sophomore year. I see the ROTC mm-hmm. for this guy. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I played football ROTC. from from seventh grade to sophomore year. What did you play? I was a lineman because I was oh, a heavy okay. kid, right? Oh, so I could just right. like I put forget. my mask yeah. in front of people and block <laughs> yeah. people, right? I forget that you were a big kid. <laughs> yeah. Back then, yeah, but uh, so my exit from sports was uh, so we we did uh, two a days in, in the summertime, which Jesus two two practices Christ. a day, full pads, hundred degrees, hundred degrees, you know, full Fucking pads. Bullshit. 
bullshit. And at the end of them, we would uh, we would run laps around both football fields. Oh, here what just could right, happen? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my cardiac arrest. My, uh, you know, I was I was in decent shape because you know, like I've been doing sports, but and I was just a, a heavy kid, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, you were and, uh, you were younger, Jim Thorpe. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah most definitely. <laughs> younger Jim. But uh, <laughs> but I was finishing my second lap around both football fields, and I and I passed out. Yeah. And. Uh, and I, the last day, well, I, I, I collapsed and I, and I could hear my coaches screaming at me, calling me lazy and all this shit, like ber- berating me with all these yeah. just fun, all those fun, you know, encouraging moments. Yes. And luckily my, my older brother is two years ahead of me, uh, was a senior. And so him and his buddies all played football and we practiced together. Yeah. And so my brother and his buddies were like, get fucked coach. And they all ran out, got me and took me into the, um, Jesus. The nurse and I had a I had a huge asthma attack. I was in the hospital for like two weeks. Oh my what god! The yeah, so I was like, I'm done with sports. This yeah, is dumb. push through I'll, it. I'll find a different way to lose yeah, weight and uh-huh. do all this shit, you know. So, but uh, that is not something I regret at all. No, I was 100 percent convinced. But my mom and my mom's deal with me was like it was like this throughout uh, high school was. You either play a sport or you get a job. Yeah. But you got to do something after school. Right. Because I'm There's not going to be. There's just not here. nothing. Yeah. Right. You know. So I got a job. Mm-hmm. And it's been working and shit. So. But, but with regret, so the thing, one of the, the, the shitty things with regret is that it goes, it, it teaches us to not listen to our intuition because yeah. it, in, it in, uh, inspires doubt. Yeah. Right. And when we start to doubt ourselves, then we, then we diminish that voice that's already diminished because a lot of our intuitions are fucking shit because mm-hmm. we're not taught to encourage it. We're taught to, you know, dismiss it. You yeah. know, we're taught it's like sorcery and witchery and shit, but we're taught to listen to our guts. Right. So when we start to listen to regret and feel that regret, and then we allow that story to, to, uh, overplay into the next situation, then there's doubt, mm-hmm. you know, but even if your 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 intuition's like, you're right, this is great. Do the thing. You think about the regret and you're like, ah, but I don't want to feel that again. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do it. Well, and the funny thing is I actually just had a conversation with Mandy recently, uh, because she, her trajectory from like high school to her early twenties was how I always wanted. Like she went straight, you know, she majored in theater. I listened to everybody else and, you know, majored in what I thought I should and did all this other stuff. And she went, majored in theater, moved to Chicago, got to do second city, got to perform with, you know, all the, you know, the Tina Fey's and the Amy Polars of the time. And like, and so she, and she got to, you know, work for them and do cruises. And I have always wanted to do that. And I've always regretted that I listened to so many other people for my trajectory. And so what I did was, you know, I just, I traveled a shit ton and I kind of put that on the back burner and I'm glad I did that. But I always still think back of like, you know, what would have happened if I had actually followed my, my, what I really wanted to do. And Mandy texted me the other day. She's like, you know, I know I lived your dream, but I think you lived mine. Like, I wish I had taken the time to travel. I wish I had not gone straight into this. And yeah. I and now I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s and I haven't seen as much of the world as I would. So it's like we both had this experience wow. where the grass is greener on the other side oh, for both yeah. of us. Yeah. And it's just like neither one of us was wrong. Right. But like I, it is all about perspective. Because yeah. like looking at it from my end on her end, I was like, you did everything right. You got to do all these amazing things. And you know, it's too late now, or I won't be able to do anything like that. And she thinks the same thing about my experience and both <laughs> of our experience as we were living it, we're regretting. Yeah. And, but it's it, so it, it, it is useless. And both good things came from her experience doing what she did. And really great things came from my experience of just kind of like, blown in the wind for so long and 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 i i did get to see a shit ton of the world and i don't know if 
it would be as easy to do it now. So yeah. it was a good thing that that Definitely happened. Definitely not now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if, you know, and if I had gone that track, who's to say my brain would have just kicked into like, you should have traveled, exactly. you know, like exactly. it, it, it's, it's a muscle memory thing rather than a truth thing. And at the time, my intuition was telling me, this is lining up, go do this, go teach here. You graduated, I got to go teach in China for a little bit, got to live in Africa for a little yeah. bit, and all of that lined up easily. So I look back on that now, it's like, that's what should have happened, because I met this person, and I had this connection, and I made you know exactly this memory with that, and... Um, yeah, and I'm sure if it had gone the other way, I would have just been singing the same song about right. a different <laughs> story. I think one of the best ways that I found to combat that, because yeah. I think we all have those scenarios where yeah. it's like, oh, this or that, and you choose this, and even though this was great, you're yeah. like, oh, but that could have been that so much better. Been, that could have been my life different. You know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things that that I've been working with with that, and my buddy Tang's been helping me, is that it's it's you not being present. Yeah. Like if you're regretting. If you're sitting here and I'm talking to Robin and I chose to talk with Robin, but I also had a chance to talk with you and the whole time I'm talking to Robin, I'm thinking about you. I'm like, well, then I'm shortchanging what I'm, my conversation with Robin. And that could be the exact thing I need. So you're not really talking to either. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So if you just, if we can train ourselves. Which is why you should talk to me instead of Robin. I know. Well, he talks shit about you. (laughs) I know he does. But you know, if we can if we can be present and enjoy the presence, but yeah. in, and but know that we're being present and remind ourselves at a later date when we feel the regret yeah. about not doing choice B. Mm-hmm. Hey, but remember how present I was with choice A? Yeah. Right. There's this. There's this. Uh, um, there's this uh, musician named East Forest, and uh, he's a uh, does a lot of instrumental work and mm-hmm. like you know yoga music shit like that. He's actually got a really great five hour track for mushroom journeys yes it's fantastic okay <laughs> okay yeah, and it follows so i'm in i'm in jesus what he's like he's got a great five hour track i'm like it's a guy i mean I'm <laughs> no it's i mean five hour disc yeah or, uh, yeah, album, yeah. Album, it's a journey yeah, yeah. so funny but you know with, so with ayahuasca it's ikaros right you have mm-hmm. the ikaros the whistling and the, the chanting but there was never really anything for mushrooms and so he created this five hour just an amazing piece of music that yeah. just follows the journey and it's really peaceful. But anyway, so he, when Ram Dass was still alive, uh, East Forest had a, a chance to meet Ram Dass. Mm. And this was post-stroke, um, maybe maybe a year before Ram Dass passed away. And so Ram Dass you know, used to be very charismatic and loved his words and all his movements and the way he spoke and the way he acted. Um, and then after a stroke, he was very limited. Yeah. But, you know, he leaned into that limitation, yeah. mm-hmm. quote unquote limitation. Yeah. Right? yeah. But so there's this, uh, this, this, uh, I don't know if famous is the right word for it, but this notable video that, um, East Forest is meeting Ram Dass and they're sitting across from a table like you and Robin are. And they're, they're just staring at each other in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like East Forest is waiting for Ram Dass to say something to, to start the conversation. And it's lit. It's, literally like six minutes oh, of just like staring silence. and staring. And then Ram Das just takes a deep breath and says, I don't know what that means. Oh. If you like, that <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Thank you, Siri. Oh, thank you, Siri. Wow. The timing. You know what? That's funny. I don't know I what never that use, means. I never use Siri. That that's happen? fucking no insane. That's great. And she wasn't on, I mean, she was, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say yeah. anyway. <laughs> I don't know what this means. <laughs> he goes, so he takes a deep breath and goes, just this, just this. Yeah. And that's like, 
everything was super present with them. Yeah. There was no need for words to, to, to muddle it. There was no need for emotions. There was no need for anything just to sit across from a human being and look at that human being and observe them as a human being and look at their eyes. Just like, in, I don't know. If and how many ever... opportunities do you really have to do that with someone else? Oh my or God. you never get to do right. that. Yeah. You know, eye gazing is one of the most powerful things we can do as people, right? Yeah. Looking and gazing into somebody's eyes for a long period of time mm-hmm. is like, you're, it's a portal. Yeah. You know, and it does some beautiful things to us, you know, but is that something we commonly do? No. No. Because yeah. it, it, it causes a lot of emotions. To our yeah. Life. Yeah. Like... No, I was just sitting there going, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to fucking do that. Six <laughs> minutes a long <laughs> time. You're in the eyes for six minutes. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it's funny too because, you know, I just obviously got back from visiting with my grandma and I had said that like, you know, I was starting to get in that shame spiral of, you know, this isn't enough and blah, blah, blah. And that was on my first trip. And then this last trip before I went, I was just like, I'm leaving all that. I'm not taking it with me. And I... I'm so glad I did because I could see myself in a different situation in the middle of a shame spiral trying to treasure these moments I have with her and then it's going to be tarnished with not being present and regret and shame of I should have could have would have right and instead I was just there mm. and it wasn't a lot of talking and it wasn't a lot of like you know uh you know, there was no apologies. There was nothing like that. And, and it's like, that's how I want, that's what I want to hold on to. Like that, those moments are what I want to hold on to. And the long hugs where nothing needs to be said and like those types of things. And if you're in that regret spiral, it's loud in your brain and you're not going to be able to hold on to those little tiny little moments because they're going to go, you know, unnoticed because you're listening to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, there's beauty in every kind of moment. Like there's beauty in this moment right Mm now. There's a lot of very amazing, unexpected beauty in a person's journey to passing. Yeah. Um, And being present with them and and hearing them because they're going through a whole thing, right? And we have no idea what that is, especially, you know, with, you know, somebody like my mom, she was on a lot of pain meds. Yeah. So she really wasn't there. Yeah. But there's still like those moments of clarity and the things that they talk about and the, you know, some of the metaphoric kind of things that they just like. And that loopy talk uh, that everyone else is like, oh, she doesn't know what she's saying right now. There have been so many moments yeah, in this like, last yeah, week where sure? got me at first thing in the morning, she would start talking, you know, what a lot of people would probably call nonsense. And I was like, this is real for her right yeah, now though. Yeah. Like she is, she, she had said something to me was like, Oh, I'm just, Oh, my grandmother. Oh, I'm waiting on my grandmother. Or I can see my grandma or she could see other people in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, I'm just going to sit in this. Cause right. like, who's to say this isn't what's happening for exactly. her, you know? And, and she's talking about certain trees and these memories pop up and she would just go on and on. And I would just let her roll instead of trying to get her back to what my reality is. Oh, you're not, yep. you're not in your right mind. Don't you, didn't you mean this? And she would still be talking to people that she had gotten off the phone with, you know, stuff like that. And I would just let her go and yeah. just listen to her and like acknowledge that it was an, a, the reality, reality for right now. Yeah. yeah. There's something special with that because, you moments. know, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's books been written about this, studies have been done about this, but. Basically, like with the idea of reincarnation, yeah. uh, kids up to the age between seven and nine, sometimes gender related, um, can remember 
pieces of their past yeah right? their previous lives yes and and when we as a you know because I, so i've i've had kids mm-hmm. you guys have probably been around little kids kids yeah. say some fucking weird shit yeah right? random stuff yeah and there's a little one in our life right now her name's luna she's four one of our really good friends uh, kids and that child says and does and <laughs> cites some of the most profound things i've ever heard and then she's like Boop. Yeah. And then runs off. And Just like, drops a bar the and then fuck? runs away. <laughs> you know, so in, but, but, you know, we, I grew up in an age where that wasn't encouraged. Right. We were told. Like, you're being silly. Like, yeah. And just you're, like you said yeah. with your grandma. Hey, no, no, no. That didn't happen. Yeah, you don't yeah. have an imaginary friend. Yeah. You know, these you're things. not still talking to that person <clears throat> right now. He's not. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That person's not here anymore. Yeah. So, but we're. Again, we're, we're, we're telling somebody else their reality is not real. Right. Just like we talked about earlier, I don't think you're emotionally stable to handle the information. Right, yeah. My reality is the one that you should follow. Right, exactly. Right? And so, but I think there more parents are now encouraging that kind of uh, development and mm-hmm. saying, hey, no, what did your friend say? Where's your special friend? Tell today? me more about that, All that instead stuff, of right? like, oh, just put that on right. the back burner. Yeah. You know, let's, let's encourage other people's realities, you know, mm-hmm. and then same with your, your grandma, she's passing. Like there's a doorway that they're right by. Yes. Not right inside. Yes. And there's things that are happening with their energy that mm-hmm. we don't understand. Yeah. And there's connections that they might have. There's, there's feelings and emotions that we couldn't even explain or yeah. even understand that we could experience, mm-hmm. you know, and be with that. Yeah. You know, that's my mom. Like my, when my mom was passing, she kept talking about the dirty door. Yes. Like, this dirty, she's like, Oh, there's this dirty door. She can't clean it. Yes. And my immediate thing was like, it's not yours to clean. It's ours to clean. <laughs> right. It's our, it's, this is our shit. You're trying to fucking clean up. No, yeah. this is our shit. We got to clean this up so you can get through that door. Yeah. You know, and not taking it for at face value either. Like right. it's like this acacia tree or whatever you're talking about is like, there's something more to that. And instead of just being like, there's no acacia tree outside anymore. There's no, I'm just like, tell me more about that. Oh, I want to cut the branches and do this and make sure all the kids are taken care of. And it, it, she just go on and on and on and about that. And I was just so grateful that my aunt is very much in that same headspace too. So we just, instead of shutting it down, we just lean into it for her, you know, and just yeah. let her mm-hmm. go with it. Yeah, man. So what's so what's the opposite of regret? Mm. Oh fuck! I mean, that one many just look up in Webster. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opposite antonym, of regret. Antonym uh, would it be like confidence or pride or you know where you're instead of regretting a decision, you're proud. And I feel like shame and regret are so close. So I'm trying to think of like what's the opposite of shame? Pride. Pride. Uh, but like a conscious pride. Like, yeah. Not like. Yeah, not like ego pride, <laughs> not kind of like, thing. Not I, you like know, what's in yeah. the box. <laughs> well, I, yeah. honestly, I mean, when I hear pride right now, I mean, besides the the association with the LGBTQ community, that's what I think of. Now. Yeah. yeah, it makes me think of like like white supremacist pride. Oh uh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a little tainted. Yeah, but but I think you know, but that's my definition. Yeah, yeah that's that's where I go. Yeah. But but there's there's. Um, so let's let's talk about like the shadow, right? So mm-hmm. shadow regret would be the shadow side. Mm-hmm. Pride would be clarity, maybe. Cl- yeah, clarity, confidence, pride. Mm-hmm. But but these can be these can be held in a beautiful container too. Like yeah. the pride doesn't have to be like banging my chest, look at how fucking cool I am. You yeah, just, that's where I go with proud, pride. Could it just right. be kind of like at peace though? It doesn't even yeah, need to be yeah, like exactly, you know. Yeah. It's in, 
like right? equanimity, yeah. right? Equanimity. Well, I mean, it, we're yeah. just equanimous yeah. with our with our decisions. Well, because regret is all about oh, I should have done this. What would have happened if this had happened? Oh, I, you know, it's all about indecision or it's all about insecurity because you're not confident in whatever you just did or you regret the thing that you did, so you aren't confident in your choice that you're lining up with. And the opposite of that would be like clarity and confidence and just lining up with whatever decision was made right? and just yeah. following whatever path that is and not looking back. Just being, being present too. Yeah. Being yeah. okay with the decision you had to make. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that neutrality. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm here. I've made that decision. I think it's the, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that remembrance, Yeah. you know, because when those wheels start to turn about, you know, the, the bullshit, it's like, no, 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 no. Remember, remember yeah. I did this. You know, that's what actually, that's one of the practices that I've been trying to work on lately is, uh, is just to remind my, that's I fucking remember tattooed in my mm-hmm. hands, right? Yeah. To remember, remind myself like, no, at one point in time, you might not remember now, but you made this conscious decision. Yeah. Like, and you, for whatever reason, weighed the options and said, this was the thing you wanted to do. So mm-hmm. be okay with that. Yeah. Right. Be okay with this is the way that you wanted your life to go or this decision to go, whatever it is. Or not even this is what you wanted. This is what is right now. So line yeah. up with what is right now and see what happens. Mm. Like that's the thing that I kind of try to do now to battle mm. that that little voice in my head that says, oh, what if we did this or I should have made that decision? It's like, okay, but I didn't. Right. This yeah. is the choice that I made now. This is the job that I have. This is the you know yeah. person I am. Like right. I'm lining up with this now because I don't have another option in this moment yeah. than to just be in this moment as is. There and what can I do right now? I, yeah, I always... And this kind of gets into a different thing, but it's like worry about what you can control. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah, especially like you know, unfortunately, we we tell ourselves a lot of narratives, and like a lot of times, like uh, a lot of times when I think about regret, a lot will associate, especially with your thing about like, but it goes to back when I used to drink quite a bit and more in excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just like there's not really any pursuit, and especially now when it's easy to sit there and think of all the good times that you're not doing when you're not drinking. But mm-hmm. it's also like, no, there's very much a lot of reasons why I'm here right now here. Yeah. Like zero regrets about that, but it is funny because it's just very the, – the minds you the, – the shit you tell yourself and like how much weight you can give those things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's vicious. It's vicious, you know. But I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love to find people's practices around getting them out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, with the clients that I work with, you know, I, I have, you know, personal experience with this stuff. So, they, you know, read books and stuff like that, too. So I, you know, give opportunities for people to get out of their shit, breath work, you know, uh, meditation, uh, Reiki's great, sounds great. But, you know, but having your personal practice of like hearing that voice or, or understanding what that emotion feels like. And finding your way to get back into this place where you're proud or yeah. you're, you're neutral or you're mm-hmm. equanimous, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any practices right now that where it's kind of working for you? Yeah. I mean, on just like being present mindfulness because, I mean, like I've said before, like my anxiety and depression, shame, all that live right. in the past and the future. So if I can eliminate like – and I also have a lot of control issues I've been working, working on releasing. Um, so it's more of like – that same anxiety I get when I travel, it's like if I can plan every single thing, then I'm not going to miss my flight. 
but I am anxious the entire time. I'm like, okay, what if I just show up? What mm. if I just walk through security? What if I just let it play out? And so I think that's the thing that I do on a, a macro scale now of like, okay, I'm just going to do the next step right, right. now. I'm yeah. not going to think 10 steps ahead yeah. because that is where I get into trouble and that's when things start that's getting messy. Thing. Prevents me from doing the incremental step Yes, one or even thing, like so. sitting down to do something I can talk myself out of if I need to write a scene or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm not going to have enough time and I have to do this first and oh, I have to make sure that this is done first. It's like, okay, well, I had an impulse to do this. So what if I just sit down for 10 minutes and do it? Exactly. What if I just take one step right now? And that's very, I think, a, 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 an AA addiction thing too. It's that one step out of a time because yeah. if you start getting too far ahead, you lose it. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I... I'm- you know, and I mean, I've still got a decent amount of work to do to yeah. my own self by any stretch of the definition. You know, I still medicate with ganj, but it's also like, you know, the whole mantra one day at a time. It's yeah. Only way to fucking wrap your head around it. Is. It is. Yeah. When I get in those anxiety spirals or yeah. depression spirals, if I start thinking 10 steps ahead, it, um, it's over. It's toast. It's fucking... So if I just like, what if I just get up and take a shower right now? Yep. What if I just get up and go to work and clock in? Right. I'm not worried about... No. what I'm going to be doing at work, how busy it's going to be, how slow it's going to be, how much money I need to make, how much bills I need to have or paid and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what if I just do this one thing and take everything outside of the equation? So that's I think beautiful. that's the thing What's that I do. interesting is yeah. that kind of flies in the face of what a lot of kind of I've always thought about work and stuff. As I've said, the easiest part of any job is showing up on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what we're describing right there, what yeah. you're describing right there is the exact flip side of that. For mm-hmm. some people, it's like, oh, I'm like, well, no. See, for me, that's where all my stress begins. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'm the kind of employee that I I have always been the kind of employee where I'm not even, I'm not going to be an employee. I'm going to be one of your best ones. Right. And I'm going to be the one you can depend yeah. on and count on yeah. that's going to be here early. It'll stay late. That'll do this. And that brings on so much stress for me. Yeah. And I was like, and I, this new job that I have now, I'm like, what if I just clock in and clock out? Yep. Right. What if I just leave work at Works work? For me. What if I just Works. don't feel bad about asking yeah. for time off and I'll just see how it goes? Works what if I just me. do this and it's worked out so far? Good. So Good. it's, it's taken a lot of the, uh, bad moods that I would normally be in at work out of the equation now right. because I'm like, I'm just here for five hours or I'm just here for seven hours. Like, I am not thinking about it when I'm leaving. I clock in, clock out, smoke drugs. I think about, yeah. I think about that, that staple job, that job where you scan documents. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right, yeah. I, I was the that. most at peace. I swear I to God. I that job no consequence. Yes. I describe it to I do too. People, I want it right? again. Yeah. I want like, it again. Like, and I'm like, no, she she was totally fine with it. She's like, the people there were just, didn't even acknowledge the no. other. You could have been. I can't tell you room. one person's name I worked Couldn't with. Couldn't even describe them. They could have nope. robbed you of Blank everything. Blank faces. Yeah. <laughs> nope. None. I, th- I think about that job all the time too because I was like, what if I just, can I make a career out of that? I would yeah. just do st- removing Holy staples. Yeah. And I would I'd go in. Be removing staples. Yeah, that's it. Oh no one's God. life's on the line. No, I'm oh, not going to get in trouble for anything. Just taking staples out of paper, uh, man. That's what's up, man. That's freedom. And you know, like, I think, I think we're finally getting to a point where pe- more people understand this, but, you know, back, you know, within the last maybe five years. But, I was raised in the idea that, like you, like you said, you got to mm-hmm. give one hundred and ten percent, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, right? you got to be because my value is wrapped up in right. how good of a job I'm doing. Fucker, man. My personal value yeah, is wrapped up. in I that. heard uh, this guy named Simon Sinek. I follow him a lot. He's a uh, like a um, just does a lot of positive talks. Yeah. Like, he used to do management stuff too, but but he was talking about he's like y- you cannot expect 
your employees to have the same maniacal passion that you do about right. your fucking your business, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's impossible. That's your it's gig. Your gig, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, just give people the chance to have their own lives, have their own desires, have their own passions, mm-hmm. right? And so, like that, really added a lot of clarity to me. But you know, there's this idea that that we've got to give, we've got to be the best employee. We, our our credibility somehow is yeah. wrapped up in that, yep. and our our stature is in the part of the community that we're in. Yeah, fuck that, man. What are they going to think? Go of clock me in, if I... clock out, and then do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. If you Should want your told... job to be something bigger, go ahead. Do and it, the right? people that I've worked with that are putting in the bare minimum. They're getting paid the same as right. me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're right. not in trouble. They're not. They're nothing. Yeah. They're no fireable offenses I've that always, they're doing. I've always said this. They're and removed. You can vouch for this too. Nobody fucking calls references. Oh, no. did no, they no, even no. call you guys? By the way, my no. my job. No, no, no. I didn't. Get yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Shit, so that, yeah, yeah. I got hired. I put. I was worrying about references and all that. They didn't even fucking call you. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's that's the whole thing. And I, I mean, nobody's gonna put anything. This, I'm not gonna put anyone on there. Just gonna talk shit about me, so right? That's yeah, one. right. <laughs> you know, but it's just you know, yeah. If you really had no experience, I mean, it wouldn't even be that hard to fucking make that up. No. Yeah. Yeah. Make up a pizzeria in Montana. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they closed already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not good times. There you go. Uh, Lie on your resume, kids. Yeah. yeah, there you go. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time.